my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As lazy as Donald Trump has been, the one area where he has shown great diligence is in abusing the government to serve his personal and political goals. We elected a president in 2016 who was corrupt, hired corrupt people, and engaged in rampant corruption. With each day, they got better and better at understanding the levers of government and how they could exploit gaps and exploit loopholes to further their corruption. I mean, when was the last time you needed to know who the Postmaster General of the United States was? Like, I've done oversight over the Postal Service, and I can only name one person between Louis DeJoy and Ben Franklin. So that gives you a sense of just how much damage this president has done to institutions that nobody needed to pay attention to before. When a new president takes office, one of the first things on the agenda is to clean house. It is their opportunity to quickly whip things into shape so they can do what they got elected to do. And while the majority of government positions will turn over with a new administration, it's not all of them. There are a handful of government roles filled through political appointment that have terms that aren't specifically tied to a president. What does that mean? It means that President Trump has put people in these positions, many of them controversial figures, and now they hold significant political power. I'm talking about jobs like the Postmaster General, Federal Election Commissioners, and the Office of Inspectors General. On this episode, we're looking at what it really means for a president to clean house and whether holdover Trump appointees could pose a challenge for Biden and his agenda. I'm Stephanie Rule, MSNBC anchor, NBC News senior correspondent, and this is Modern Rules, a podcast from NBC Think and iHeartRadio. 
The Trump administration has been described as one of the most corrupt in history. So what we want to find out, what loopholes, what rules were they able to bend to their own advantage? What could they do in even the last few weeks of the Trump presidency that could have long-lasting damage? My guest today can answer that very question. He's an anti-corruption expert with a keen understanding of exactly how D.C. works. Donald Sherman is Deputy Director of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, an ethics watchdog organization. And before that, he was an oversight and ethics lawyer in the Obama administration, and he was the Chief Oversight Counsel to the late Rep. Elijah Cummings on the House Oversight Committee. I am so honored that you're with us here today. I have to ask you, what have the last four years been like for you? They've been frustrating and inspiring, and I think for a lot of people, difficult. But I've been really impressed and excited to see how many people have educated themselves about what corruption means and how it undermines how all of the government functions. And, you know, we, we've been busy. You know, we've been busy trying to push back against a president who is the most corrupt in American history, has tried to bend every institution, and not just to his personal political benefit, but to his personal financial benefit. President Trump didn't want or like the idea of political appointee holdovers. He oftentimes considered those people loyal to Obama, believed they were out to undermine him. Historically speaking, has that been the case? Historically, that has not been the case, right? There's a certain set of political appointees that always leave. Most of them have to leave. You know, when I was an appointee in the Obama administration, we had to submit letters of resignation a month before the inauguration. So, you know, if you're hired as a political appointee, unless statutorily uh, your term extends beyond the president's term or you're explicitly asked by the incoming administration to stay on, everyone's expected to leave. All of those political appointees are expected to leave. But the thing that's consistent is that the reason why these positions uh, have terms that are not tied to the president is because they're meant to be above politics. There are a number that are really essential to our democracy whose positions aren't tied to the president. And so while the president appoints them, they get to stick around. Let's talk political appointees, because I think, oh, that's all the judges that the Trump administration appointed to the bench. So can you give us a broader picture of the most influential political appointee roles that influence our government. I think the political appointments, as a general matter, are hired because of based on a combination of their background, experience, and knowledge, as well as political alignment with the president that was elected. We elect a president every four years. There's some institutional memory in the staffers that stay on board, the career experts that stay in the government, in the executive branch. But we elect our leaders and our leaders get to choose the folks that implement their strategy throughout the agencies. And so it's this mix of you come in and you work with the career staff to understand what's going on in the agency, understand, and you have to decide what the new administration's priorities are and what shifts in personnel and policy need to be made to implement those. And so it's important to have those roles in government. The problem has been that 
Donald Trump has perverted all of the tools of government and really corrupted a lot of these institutions that folks didn't have to worry about before. Talk to us about who doesn't leave. Give us a sense of how many senior political appointee holdovers will be in those roles come January and could impact Biden's ability to get his agenda done. Probably the most glaring example is Louis DeJoy, who's the postmaster general. Louis DeJoy was this Trump mega donor. He hosted a fundraiser with the president in his home in 2017 and miraculously was selected to serve as the postmaster general in the spring, just as the president was ramping up his attacks against voting by mail and the pandemic was surging. Now, this is somebody who has no fixed term. So he could be in this role sabotaging voting by mail, certainly for the January 5th election, which is before the inauguration, but for the 2022 elections, the board has the ability to vote, vote him out and to remove him. So President Biden could have an opportunity to select up to four board of governors during the early days of his term, but they'd still be outnumbered by the Trump appointees. So it it would take a long time for there to be enough vacancies to overcome the majority of Trump appointees on that board. But the other route is impeachment. So while Louis DeJoy may be the most glaring example, how many outliers are there that concern you? There's also the chair of the Federal Election Commission, Trey Trainer, whose term doesn't end until 2023. The special counsel, Henry Kerner, who, again, has done admirable work in holding Trump appointees accountable, but still leaves some things to be desired. His term ends in 2022. In addition, there are inspectors general who don't serve a fixed term and can only be removed by the president of the United States. And while most of the inspectors general are hardworking, even-handed government employees. What we've seen over the last year especially is that Trump has put a priority on loyalty in all of his nominees, including inspectors general. So those are uh, positions that have a, a significant impact on how the government will function, on oversight over the Trump administration and the Biden administration. And there's an open question as to whether a lot of Trump's appointees in those positions are loyal to their mandate under statute or are loyal to the president of the United States that pointed them. And it's not something that happens overnight. Mitch McConnell and President Trump are filling a bunch of posts during this lame duck session. How many are sort of on the docket to be appointed? One thing that we shouldn't lose sight of is that there are a number of these critical political appointees pending before the Senate. And if I know Mitch McConnell, like I think most of us do, they'll get confirmed before the end of this Congress, or at least before the end of Trump's presidency. And I think, you know, again, these positions don't get a lot of attention unless they're screwing up. But the next inspector general of the Transportation Department is going to have a huge impact over what that investigation looks like and whether Secretary Chow or even Leader McConnell are implicated in misconduct. And so, you know, part of what we need to do is elevate these issues. And as much as folks have been educated on the different functions of government, the different roles that people play and how important they are, there's still more work to be done. Then let's talk about that in government, there are positions where 
It is their job to prevent and snuff out corruption. But what happens if the people in those jobs are corrupt themselves? Does our system break down if the people who are meant to stop corruption are corrupt? I think if the Trump years has demonstrated anything is that institutions are only as strong as the people within them. Right. But I think particularly in these positions, there are some mechanisms to investigate misconduct. Right. You know, the U.S. Postal Service has an inspector general that has criticized Louis DeJoy for those for the changes that he implemented when he came in. The FEC also has an inspector general and the inspectors general actually have a council that serves as an oversight body for them as well. So there are oversight mechanisms. But the other thing to remember is that Congress has the role to play here and they really need to step up their oversight of these positions, right? Congress in a lot of ways has abdicated their responsibility to hold the executive branch accountable. And particularly for these roles where there are holdover positions and government watchdogs who have engaged in corrupt activity, Congress needs to hold them to account. For those of us that are in the government ethics community, it's certainly a concern that whether or not anyone sort of follows the Trump model per se, that there's been a shift in the Overton window. And so we're gonna work really hard to make sure that better than Trump is not the standard for ethics in any administration to follow, right? And a key part of that is closing those loopholes, reforming the system, and getting buy-in from Congress and to bolster our ethics laws on the front end. We'll be back after the break. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. What does close the loopholes mean? Who changes these rules? Right now, we're talking all about senators that used information that they were given because of their position, and they went and traded stocks based on that. That wasn't new. Years ago, Congress tried to pass a law to prevent members of Congress from doing that, and then it never went through because they don't want the rules changed. So who is responsible for changing the rules? I think in terms of what's achievable, we should look at what's already on the table. Right. There was a comprehensive ethics bill, H.R. 1, that was introduced in January of 2019 that passed the House. It has been languishing in the Senate. And there are a number of different measures in there that would bolster accountability for members of Congress, bolster accountability for the president. That is a first step. Right. It's by no means uh, a panacea. And there's lots of work that needs to be done. But getting that passed would send a message that Congress is serious about ethics reform. But again, that requires the Senate to operate. Okay, but then let's be honest. We've been saying for four years, longer than four years, what they need to do, what they should do. Nothing actually changes. So what needs to be addressed to sort of take on corruption at the highest levels of our government? So if you're looking at what a single actor, right, like what the president could do or what uh, one chamber of Congress could do, I think if the House got really serious about oversight and started holding up appropriations bills and using their appropriation power as a cudgel to get documents and information and to get accountability from the executive branch, that would be a game changer in terms of the balance of power between Congress and the executive branch writ large. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens when the White House and the House are of the same party. But you really need one leg of the stool to take the lead. President Trump is still in office, right? We woke up today to news stories of the White House liaison, a White House liaison being banned from being physically inside the Justice Department because she was trying to get information about ongoing investigations. Stories like that are worrisome. What should we be paying attention to from an ethics standpoint from now till January 20th? We know Trump is corrupt, and we also know that he has a limited amount of time to continue grifting off of the government. And so as much as people have talked about looking ahead, we cannot lose sight of the fact that this president can do more damage in six weeks as commander in chief than pretty much any person can do to our country in a lifetime. Then what's the first order of business? Is it let's reform the rules so this can't take place again? Or is it let's clean house, get these bad folks out and get some good ones back in? Because even if you put good ones in for the next four years, we could go right back to Trump time four years from now if you don't change the rules. So I think the short answer is there can't be progress without accountability. And so our hope is that 
there's the political will or the political pressure once Trump has left office to move forward with some comprehensive ethics reform. It'll be up to the Office of Government Ethics to work with the incoming Biden administration to ensure robust and aggressive compliance measures to ensure that we eliminate conflicts of interest in government. It'll be up to folks like Henry Kerner, who is head of the Office of Special Counsel, to continue investigations that he opened during the Trump administration into violations of the Hatch Act and ensure that there's a record of those violators so that they can be held accountable either during this administration or for some of them if they re-enter government down the road. We want to cut through the noise and leave you with some time to think on this podcast. Something Donald Trump left me thinking about is this. Even if many of Trump's political appointees are on their way out of Washington, what kind of lasting damage do they leave behind? How can we bolster our system so that people are actually held accountable? I'm Stephanie Rule, and you're listening to Modern Rules, a podcast from NBC Think, MSNBC, and iHeartRadio. This podcast is hosted by me, Stephanie Rule. Mike Biet and Katrina Norvell are executive producers. Meredith Bennett-Smith is senior editor for NBC Think and our editorial lead. The podcast is engineered and edited by Josh Fisher. Additional production support provided by Charles Herman, Rachel Rosenbaum, and Lauren Wynn. And special thanks to Catherine Kim, our global head of digital news, right here at NBC News and MSNBC. For more thought-provoking analysis, visit NBCNews.com think. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.